hi and welcome them today. Hey Alice, good morning, how are you? Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Darren Shane, your announcer for this, the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service today is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinniger, and the acolytes are Peyton Minning and Jordan Clybaker. Today's broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated right, to the glory of God. Before we begin with our worship today, First of all, uh, I begin with a bit of sad news. The, because of the rain, the fish fry has been postponed tonight. But we're going to have it again next week on Sunday at the same time. So postponed tonight, uh, moved to next Sunday uh, at the same time. It's at 6 o'clock? Six o'clock, right? Okay, good. All right, over at uh, the Chapman's house. So make sure that you uh, attend that. Um, also... Let's see, the Springfield Symphony, again, we are still taking sign-ups for that. October the 14th, they are playing their Reformation program. Um, and uh, if you would like to attend that, if we have 20 or more people, we qualify for a 20% discount. So if you would like to go, please call the church office and put your name on the list that we have going, and we'll see if we can get that discount for us. Also, the, the Mount Vernon Ladies Bible Study will resume on Monday evening, September the 25th, and they meet at the home of Betty Sawyer. If you have any questions, please ask uh, Betty about that. Also, uh, I received a letter this, this past week that our substitute organist, Pastor Ben Schumacher, has graciously resigned from his post here, um, and uh, just because he just, he said it's just, my season is just time. Uh, and so uh, he, it was a, the letter that he has written to our congregation, a very loving one, is posted on the bulletin board in the back there. So you may go and read that if you would like. Um, we are going to be recognizing him and his wife uh, after church on Sunday, October the 8th. Uh, so please plan to be in, in attendance for that to thank Pastor Ben for all of his 
uh, service here at Trinity. And we invite you every Sunday morning to Sunday school and an adult Bible class. They both meet at the same time at 8.45 over in the school. Also, the new members class. We, will be, we just finished with our second week this morning. Uh, we are now meeting over in the school in the old computer lab. So if you go into the front doors of the school, go right up the stairs, it's the first classroom on the right. And that begins at the same time at 8.45. And I believe that is all of the announcements that we have. Yes, and so let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we are thankful for today. We are thankful, Lord, that by your Spirit that you have called each and every one of us here by name. And we thank you, Lord, that in just a few moments we have the opportunity to not only worship you, but to be served by you through your word, through your sacrament. Lord, we thank you that we will hear in our own ears that we are forgiven of all of our sins. Lord, that, that you, unlike anybody else that we have ever known, anybody else that has ever lived, Lord, you have the ability to forgive and to forget. And we give you thanks and praise for that. And it is in that spirit that, begin, that we begin our worship here today. And we pray, Lord, as we always do, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our opening hymn is Lord Jesus, Think on Me. That's number 610. Lord Jesus, Think on Me, number 610. Please stand. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God, our Father. Most merciful God, Most merciful God we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness answer me, in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one is living is righteous before you. Glory be to the Father, to the Father and, to the Son, and to the Son, and to the Holy, and to Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as it was, as in, the it beginning, was in the beginning, is now, is now and will, be forever. will be forever. Amen. Amen. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to your for refuge. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, the author of all godliness, hear the devout prayers of your church, especially in times of persecution, and grant that we may ask in faith, and grant that what we ask in faith we may obtain. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading today is from Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 21. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave us this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive, as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of our Lord. We will now have special music provided to us by the men's glee.
disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message and also bring up your mighty mites as well. Men's Glee, thank you very, very much for that very lovely piece. Okay, you guys can turn around and face me. All right. Have you all ever had a time where somebody could have been your brother or your sister or a friend at school or somebody has ever done something really mean to you? Has that ever, has that ever happened before? Raise your hand if, that, if that's ever happened before. Yeah, okay, all of us have had that happen. Okay, what we're going to be talking about today is at the culmination, hey boys, 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 shh, 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 okay, uh, at the culmination of the story about Joseph, okay, do you guys know the story of Joseph in, in the Old Testament, okay, um, Joseph and his brothers, MJ, I'll send you down to your mother, don't do it, um, so Joseph gets sold into slavery by his very own brothers, what a terrible thing, Okay? Well, the story goes on, and what, and what eventually happens is, is that Joseph's brothers come to Egypt, where Joseph is, even though they don't realize that it's Joseph, and they come to Egypt asking for help. Okay? And they come to Jesus, I'm not sorry, they come to Joseph, they ask for help, and Joseph eventually gives them help, and he forgives them, forgives them from his heart, of all of the terrible things and the, the bad thing that they did, which was to sell him into slavery, okay? Jesus says, is going to say in the gospel lesson for today, that we must forgive anybody who does uh, wrong to us or bad to us. We must not just forgive them, but forgive them in a certain way, that we must forgive them from our heart, Okay? And we're going to talk about uh, what, that, what that means today, and we're also going to talk about how Jesus has forgiven us from his heart, okay? And how we then should extend that same love to others. All right, will you guys put your hands together and repeat after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for forgiving us from your heart. Please help us to forgive others. From our, heart, from our heart as well. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up, and you guys can go back and sit with your folks. The epistle is from Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, 
but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow down to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not repay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused, and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to the master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant, as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay back all of, of his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the gospel of our Lord. 
Our hymn of the day is, I Lay My Sins on Jesus, number 606 in the Lutheran Service Book. pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from the Old Testament, from Genesis chapter 50, the culmination of the story of Joseph and his brothers. And I want to begin this morning by telling you all, by telling all of you a rather amazing story. In 1983, there was an assassination attempt upon, po upon Pope John Paul II. It didn't kill him. The assassination attempt failed, but the Pope was injured. Um, I believe one of the bullets scraped across his head, and one of his fingers was very badly damaged. And then something rather amazing happened. The Pope requested an audience with his would-be killer. And so, of course, the Pope, being the Pope, was granted that. And the Pope goes into the actual jail cell of his killer, just he and his would-be killer. And he begins to have a conversation with him. 
And the Pope wanted to have that conversation with his would-be killer for one singular purpose. To offer a word of forgiveness to his would-be killer. Not to forgive him after he had had a chance to explain everything and why it was that he did what he was trying to do, not because the Pope needed some kind of an explanation for it or try to understand why, no, simply to tell the man that I forgive you and I love you. There's even an account that says that the Pope, at the, at the end of that conversation, the Pope leans over to the man and kisses him gently on the forehead. An incredible example of forgiveness. The story goes on that eventually that the Pope became very good friends with the man's family and actually became very good friends with the man himself. <clears throat> so much so that, that after Pope John Paul passed away, the man, once he was able to get released from prison, he was on parole, one of the first things that he did was to go to Pope John Paul's grave and place flowers at his grave. You see, God took something that was very awful and potentially catastrophic, and he used it for good. And he made it for good. And as the Old Testament text says, as Joseph says, that many lives were saved because of it. Well, in this case, the life of that man was saved because of the grace and the mercy that the Pope had shown him. Our text for today is a great story about forgiveness. Genesis chapter 50 is the culmination of the account of Joseph and his brothers. I'm sure that many of you remember how the story goes. But Joseph was the favorite son of his father, Jacob. So much so that Jacob had, had given Joseph a coat of many colors. And this made his brothers, who didn't like Joseph anyway, even more angry with him. And so they plot to kill him. But then one of the younger brothers steps up and says, no, we're not, we shouldn't do that. Instead, let's just throw him inside of this pit and leave him there. He had thought that he would then just go back and rescue his brother. But of course, that doesn't happen. They eventually sell him into slavery, and he goes to Egypt. And through a series of really rather incredible events, he becomes second in command in all of Egypt only to Pharaoh himself. One day there's a, there is a great famine that sweeps across the entire nation. And Jacob tells his sons, go to Egypt so that you can get some food so that we may eat it and that we may live. Not knowing, of course, that his youngest son, his favorite one, Joseph, was still alive. So all of the brothers go to Egypt. They ask this man who they do not know is actually Joseph for help. And Joseph eventually reveals 
that he is their long-lost brother, and there's this really incredible emotional scene that happens between Joseph and his brother. They're all weeping, and they're all hugging one another and kissing one another, and and Joseph forgives his brothers for the sin that they had committed against him. And so in Genesis chapter 50, they are all coming back. Joseph and his brothers are all coming back from his father's funeral. And the brothers say among themselves, you know, what if, what if Joseph is still angry? And what if he's still mad at us and holds a grudge against us for all of the bad things that we did to him many, many years before? And so they say that they tell Joseph, they say, well, our father has said to you to make sure that you still take care of us and that you still keep your word to us to look after us and our families. And Joseph simply says, you know, what what you guys did to me, you meant for evil. You meant for harm. But God meant it for good. And if you look at your text at that verse, it says not only that God meant it for good, but at the end of that verse it says, and also for the saving of many lives. And so Joseph comforts his brothers and says, I still forgive you, you are still forgiven, and I will take care of you, and I will also take care of your family as well. Even after Joseph had already forgiven them a few chapters prior to this, even after that had happened and this really emotional scene takes place, his brothers still felt guilty. Their conscience was still vexed. Their conscience would not let go of this really terrible atrocity that they had committed against their own flesh and blood, against their own brother. And their guilty conscience is what propelled them to, again, reach out to Joseph and just to make sure that he was going to do what he said that he would. Luther actually comments on this very text, and it's a wonderful quote. He says this, When sin is revealed, and the bite and the sting of conscience follow, then there is no remission or consolation that will suffice, that will suffice to check and to curb this bite and sting. Sometimes there are, are sins that we have committed against other people that we still think about today. That our consciences still feel guilty about, even though that we know that we have been forgiven of it, even though that hopefully that we have gone to that other person seeking forgiveness and have received it from them, our consciences are still guilty. The conscience of Joseph and his brothers wouldn't let it go. They needed something else or something more so that they would feel in their hearts and in their minds that they were truly forgiven of what they had done. Luther goes on further in his commentary on this text, and he says, this is why many who do not hear the word of grace are driven to despair, and they either throw themselves into rivers or hang themselves, for they are not able to bear the power of sin when it has been revealed and it is alive. Have you ever had a sin 
that you, that you have that has finally been revealed, it's hard. And it hurts a lot. He goes on, but when it is aroused and brought to life, then the blood of the Son of God must be applied to remove it. Medicine and help as powerful as this are required, namely, the Godhead become incarnate and the very blood of the Son of God. Only one thing, according to Luther, only one thing can, can, can fully and completely heal our guilty conscience. The conscience of Joseph's brothers compelled them and propelled them to seek further forgiveness. And what I want us to, one of the things that I want us to understand from this text, and one of the things that I want us to understand this morning is that the depth of our sin, yours and mine, is just as deep as theirs is, and theirs was. No, you may not have, have actually tried to kill someone, but according to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, if you harbor evil or resentment or hate in your heart towards somebody else, it is the same as murder. The exact same. There is no difference in the eyes of God. Jesus goes on further to say in that same chapter, Matthew chapter 5, that if you look at somebody else's husband or wife in even a lustful way, even though you may not have actually committed, a, that you may not have actually committed adultery, it is the same as if you had cheated on your spouse in a physical way. It's the exact same. Think back, too, to this past week, to this past month. Whenever you were talking about someone else to somebody else, how did you describe that person? Did you do what Luther says that we should do in his explanation to the Eighth Commandment, thou shalt not slander, and he says, defend your neighbor, speak well of him, and I love this last part. You've heard me say it before, but it bears repeating every day and explain everything in the kindest way possible. And so I want you to think back to this past week. Have you done that? Have you done that verbally to other people that you were talking about to that to that you were talking to them about that other person with? Have you done it? Did you do it inside of your own mind? You see, folks, your sin as well as my sin is just as deep and as wretched as the sin of Joseph and his brothers. That's the hard truth. That's the hard truth about this text. And so the question becomes then, well, just like Joseph's brothers didn't quite know exactly where to go, so they went to their brother again to receive further forgiveness, where do we go? To rid ourselves of our guilty consciences, to feel and to know that we are truly forgiven for what we have said and done and thought. 
Where do we go? According to what Luther has said, the only place that we can go, the only person that we can go to is the only person who has ever lived, the only person who has ever existed, Jesus Christ, who has the actual ability to forgive and completely erase from his memory what we have done. You see, we, we do not have the capacity to be able to forgive and to forget. Not, not truly. And the reason why I know that is because you cannot think of a single person that has wronged you, whether it is in a, in a small way or a large way, and still not think of what they have done against you. You have forgiven them for it, and if you haven't, I pray that you have. But you perhaps have forgiven them for it, but I can guarantee you that you still think about that in your mind. You do not have the capacity or the ability to simply forget it. And so we need the only person that has ever lived or existed that has that actual ability to forgive and has completely erased and forgotten from his memory everything that we have committed against him. Never forget that your sin and mine, and, and this is hard, and this stuff, this, this law stuff, it makes you squirm, but you know what? We're going to get through it, so just hang in there. The, your sin and mine are what put Jesus on the cross. Every time that you have spoken ill of somebody else, it put Jesus on the cross. Every time that you have thought ill of somebody else, it put Jesus on the cross. When you still harbor hate and resentment towards somebody else, that put Jesus on the cross. When you look at another spouse, not, or another person, not your spouse, in a way that you shouldn't, that put Jesus on the cross. It is what caused him to be beaten and mocked and scourged and spit on and made fun of and laughed at and persecuted and finally nailed to a cross, bleeding to death. Your sin and mine did that. So what do we do? Where do we go? In the most remarkable irony of ironies, we go directly to the cross. And we sit and we kneel at the feet of Jesus. And we partake of his body and blood shed for us on that cross. Let me tell you another incredibly amazing story that I did not, did not know up until I was doing research for this particular text. Everybody knows that one of the last words of Jesus on the cross is that he is, he is hanging there on the cross, and he looks out among the people who are, mocking at, who, are, who are mocking him and spitting on him and laughing at him, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But what I didn't know 
was that in the original Greek, in Luke chapter 23, when, when Jesus says this phrase, it takes, him, it takes him several words in the English to say that. In the Greek, it's a single word. And this word, in the Greek, Jesus said it repeatedly, over and over and over and over again. He says, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. He said it over and over and over again. And he says the same thing to you. When, it, when somebody becomes a baptized child of the Heavenly Father, the Father is not holding a grudge when this happens. He's not saying, well, I guess, I, I, I guess it's okay now. I guess you can come up and be baptized. No, it's a free gift, and he does it out of love. When we partake of the body and blood of Jesus, there is, the, we are not, notice in our bulletin, there is nothing in there, there is nothing that I say that says, bring up your sin resume first. Bring up everything that you have done first, I'm going to check it over, and then we'll see if you're worthy enough to, to come up here. No. The Father does not hold a grudge against you. He welcomes you. As a matter of fact, Luther says, if you have a guilty conscience over what you have done and over your sin, you are the exact person that belongs there. The Father has not held a grudge against you. He has forgiven you freely. And he says to you today and every day, because of the blood spilled by his Son, the same blood that we will, that we have the opportunity to partake in every Sunday. This is why it's so awesome to be Lutheran. The same blood that was shed on the cross is the same blood that we have the opportunity to partake in here today so that we can smell and taste and see and touch the forgiveness of sins that is yours in Christ. Where he says to you in a repeated fashion, continually, over and over and over again. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. In our Savior's name, amen. Please stand. We now say together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed on the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we'll collect our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill in, whether you are a member or a guest, with us to fill in the red sign-in book that is on the inside aisles of the pews. Uh, the window side, please send it back to the aisle side. With that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Trinity's Children's Sunday School and Adult Bible Classes meet at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday in the school. A men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is entitled, Unleash the Power of Forgiveness in Your Life. The Lutheran Hour speaker will be Rev. Dr. Gregory Sleltz. For times and locations near you, visit www.lutheranhour.org or contact the church office at 417-235-7300. These broadcasts are made possible by donations to the broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help at 417-235-7300. We will now rejoin the congregation for the celebration of Holy Communion. Please rise.
We have a few folks that we want to remember in our prayers for this morning. First of all, for those on our health list, for Melba McCord and Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Elmer Kaiser, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan Haynes, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, and Landreth Worm. Also, a couple of requests for, for, uh, for Larry Kilhofer. Uh, he was attacked by a bull on Tuesday Eve and had to have hip replacement um, Wednesday morning. Uh, he is Glenn and Tony Oberman's brother-in-law. And also for Marjean Clanton, as she will be having surgery on Wednesday. Also for all those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, for Charles and Sharon Owen, who will celebrate 58 years of marriage on September the 20th, and for Dwayne and Ellen Shane, who will celebrate 42 years of marriage on September the 20th as well. And so we'll go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we cannot, we do not have the words or the ability to rightly express our thanks and our praise to you for the forgiveness of our sins that you have won for us. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what it is that we have committed, no matter what it is that, that we have done, said, or thought, Lord, that you have forgiven us for the sake of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to always turn to you with repentant hearts, Lord, so that we might receive that love and that mercy and that grace from you that you promised to us, that if we confess our sins, that, that you are faithful and you are just, and you will forgive us for all of our sins, and you will forgive us for all of our sins. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we pray for the nation that we living. And we pray, Lord, especially for the government that we have. We pray, Lord, that you would grant to those who lead us in that fashion. We pray that, that, that you would grant to them uh, God-fearing decisions, wisdom, uh, Lord, that they might, in everything that they do, that they would seek you first. We also pray, Lord, for all of those throughout our nation, whether it be from the fires or the hurricanes. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, grant restoration and healing to those communities. And we thank you, Lord, for those who have gone out of their way. Uh, Lord, those as far as the first responders, Lord, and for all who have gone to, to help these folks in their time of need. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we lift up a special prayer also for those who do not yet know you as their Lord and Savior, that do not yet know of your tremendous love and forgiveness that you have given to them. Lord, we, we, have, we all have folks that we know that, uh, that, that need your love, uh, Lord, that need to know of you and of your love. And so we name them before you in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we lift up a special prayer for all those that we know, too, who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray especially, Lord, for all those that we have named on our health list. We pray also especially for Larry as he 
recovers from his hip replacement. And we pray, Lord, that you would grant to him a speedy recovery. Be with his doctors as they are working with him, that, they, that, that he might be healed soon uh, and get back to his work. Lord, we also pray for Marjean, and we thank you for her, and we pray that you would be with her as she has surgery this coming Wednesday. Be with the doctors that are working on her. Guide their hands uh, and guide their eyes and their minds so that she would come through it in a very successful way. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also give you thanks for those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Uh, Lord, especially for Charles and Sharon and for Dwayne and Ellen. Lord, we thank you that you have brought to them all of these years of married life. And we pray, Lord, that in this next year, that they would continue to remain faithful to the vows that they have made to one another. Lord, that they would grow closer to each other, that they would grow closer to you. Lord, in your, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of Holy Communion that is here before us. We thank you, Lord, that in, with, and under this bread and wine is the very forgiveness of our sins that you won for us on Calvary's cross. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us this sacrament, that, is it, that, it, that it is in a tangible way. Things, Lord, that, that we can smell and taste and see and touch and to know, Lord, of your tremendous love that you have for us. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let, it is, let, us, give, let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. 
This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and said, Take eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and his joy. Amen. God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Darren Shane.
Just want to say again, thank you to all of you for attending worship this morning. We pray that it was a very blessed time that you have had here. Uh, again, the Friends in Christ uh, Fish Fry has been postponed to next Sunday at the same time at 6 p.m. I pray that you all would have a very, very blessed week, and I will see you all on Sunday.